0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Coached by Tara, the podcast where Tara... Hi, that's me. ...explains things to me, hi, I'm Mike, or coaches me, even, which is the name of the podcast, and we are on New Moon, the Twilight, the book in the Twilight series by Stephanie Meyer. Last episode, we finished Waking Up. Which was chapter four. Which was chapter four of this book. Tara, how are we doing? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I- you doing okay?
1: I'm doing pretty Good. We're babysitting my sister's dog yeah, this we got, week and a half.
0: Well, you might hear you a might hear Summit friend. Summit the dog. You might hear her licking the carpet. She does among like to other lick. Things.
1: What are you eating?
0: Summit was just eating a Q tip. <laughs> it's thank fine. You, Summit, thank Thanks, you. Summit. So we have a dog guest, and uh, we're gonna be a dog guest. A dog guest. <laughs> and we're gonna be uh, tackling chapter five, which I don't know the name of yet. But let me recap chapter four for everybody. That sounds great. Which was called again waking up. And it was kind of, to me, after the sad, sad chapter three, the end, chapter four was kind of a letdown to me.
1: Yeah, he was telling me after we finished that he was like, I thought we were going to skip past this part, but Belle's like kind of a crazy.
0: Well, it's not that she's crazy. She's just like, I don't know. She, I I thought because of the time pass that we would be less like dramatic, you know?
1: No, her whole life is drama. Yeah,
0: I guess I should have known. But anyway, she uh her dad argues with her to start the chapter that he's going to send her back to live with her mom and she doesn't want to and there's just a lot of inner monologue in the chapter, not a whole lot happens. Then she goes to Port Angeles with girl, Jessica. Jessica. <laughs> Jessica and and uh so she goes to Port Angeles with Jessica even though Jessica's like not into her anymore because she literally like Has been ignoring her, you know, ghosted her, and they go see a movie and it's a zombie movie. But Bella can't handle the love part of it, so she leaves and then she comes back and a zombie. And then they're supposed to go get something Mm, to eat at a McDonald's. And then there's some like, (laughs) there's some men outside the bar that remind her of the men that tried to sexually assault her. I guess. Kind of weird. And she just walks towards them, and it's very strange behavior. But she hears Edward in her mind telling her to stop. And that's why she feels the need to do it. It's very, very strange.
1: Yes, very strange.
0: That's basically the chapter. Is then she like apologizes, and you know, it's a fake apology because she doesn't really care. And and
1: basically, she's like out of that like numb feeling. She like doesn't know. Well, because she heard the, you know... She
0: felt something for the first time in months.
1: Well, she, like, heard Edward's voice. Right. Like, that was, like, the biggest part of the chapter, I would say.
0: Yes. So, anyway, we're moving on to chapter five?
1: Five, yep.
0: Which is called? Cheater. (gasps) Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater.
1: Yeah. I don't know
0: what this is going to be about.
1: I know. It's hard to predict.
0: And I don't, I don't have a prediction. I think we're just going to yeah, forego the prediction. Yeah, this is, like, prediction.
1: I feel like the first time you've not had a prediction.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm I'm. I'm I honestly
1: off. don't remember, like, why it's called that oh. either. So it's just going to be, like, a wild time for both of us.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, Tara, uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, you're going to coach the shit out of me.
1: That sounds great.
0: It sounds awesome. Okay, we'll be right back. to be coached
1: let's do it so the episode starts off with bella being at work at the newtons you know mm-hmm. where she works
0: her her job at the the Newton newton shop
1: yeah the newton shop <laughs> that were, that would make me think it's like big newton's Just a shop of all Fig Newtons. What? Okay. (laughs) That sounds pretty good. No, it doesn't. That sounds awful.
0: What? Fig Newtons are terrible. No,
1: they're not. They're awful. Oh, my God. They're so good.
0: They're so dry and gross.
1: But you would eat them. I've seen you eat them before. That's not true. That's got to be true. They're so good. I don't even know how to describe it.
0: I've never eaten a Fig Newton in my life.
1: There's no way that's true. Yeah, you're right. It's not true. My grandpa used to put them in, like, a separate Tupperware, and I would eat, like, five at a time. Anyways, that probably didn't do well for my digestive system. Yeah, probably not. Anyways, Mike suggests that she, like, leaves because it's a really slow afternoon. Like, Mike is also working, so, like, they don't need both of them there. And he had spent the last hour going through the pros and cons of two different brands of lightweight packs for these dedicated backpackers. And so she hadn't been, like, doing anything. So he's like, why don't you go? And she's like, I don't mind staying. And she notes that she hasn't been able to sink back into her, like, numbness feeling. So everything feels, like, really loud. And, like, she tries to tune people out, but she can't do it as well anymore. Um, Because she's kind of, like the last chapter says, she's kind of woken up from it all, you know. Um, She's very hyper-aware, almost. It goes on to have, like, people are in there talking about different things they've seen recently, backpacking. And this person says, I'm telling you, said the thick-set man with the orange beard that didn't quite match his dark brown hair. I've seen grizzlies pretty close up in Yellowstone, but they had nothing on this brute. His hair was matted, and his clothes looked like they'd been on his back for more than a few days. He'd come down fresh from the mountains. Not a chance. Black bears don't get that big. The grizzlies you saw were probably cubs. The second man was tall and lean, his face tanned and wind-whipped into an impressive leathery crust. Seriously, Bella, as soon as these two give up, I'm closing the place down, Mike murmured. If you want me to go, I shrugged. On all fours, it was taller than you, the bearded man insisted, while I gathered my things together. As big as a house and pitch black. I'm going to report it to the ranger here. People ought to be warned. This wasn't up on the mountain, mind you. This was only a few miles from the trailhead. Leatherface laughed and rolled his eyes. Let me guess, you were on your way in? Hadn't eaten real food or slept off the ground in a week, right? Uh, hey, uh, Mike, right? The bearded man called, looking toward us. See you Monday, I mumbled. Yes, sir, Mike replied, turning away from me. Say, have there been any warnings around here recently about black bears? No, sir. But it's always good to keep your distance and store your food correctly. Have you seen the new bear safe canisters? They only weigh, weigh two pounds. Dot, dot, dot. So like
0: He's trying to sell shit.
1: Yeah. So he like that's just the end of the conversation. Um and so she goes and it's raining. Of course, it's always raining there in the Pacific North Northwest, oh, yeah. you know? Love that. Um and she's like, Well, I don't want to go back to the house because it's empty, Charlie's not home. And she said, like, even... It says, like, even after the pain of last night, because remember, like, the pain started to come back of right, remembering right. it all. um, Had subsided enough for her to sleep last night. Like, it was far from being over for her. And she... There was never any doubt that she could have nightmares... Would have nightmares about it all. Um, In fact, she has had nightmares every night since. It talks about how it's not, like always it's not like it's different nightmares every night it's the same nightmare every night every single night it says i get bored after so many months grown immune to it but the dream never failed to horrify me like she thought she'd get bored after so many months um but the dream never failed to horrify me and only ended when i woke myself with screaming charlie didn't come in to see what was wrong anymore to make sure there was no intruder strangling me or something like that he was used to it now My nightmare probably wouldn't even frighten anyone else. Nothing jumped out and screamed, boo. There were no zombies, no ghosts, no psychopaths. There was nothing really, only nothing. Just the endless maze of moss-covered trees so quiet that the silence was an uncomfortable pressure against my eardrums. It was dark, like dusk on a cloudy day, with only enough light to see that there was nothing to see. I hurried through the gloom without a path, always searching, 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 getting more frantic as the time stretched on, trying to move faster, though the speed made me clumsy. Then there would come a point in my dream, and I could feel it coming now, but it could not never seem to wake myself up before it hit, when I couldn't remember what it was that I was searching for, when I realized that there was nothing to search for and nothing to find. That there had never been anything more than that just this empty, dreary wood and there never would be anything more for me. Nothing but nothing. And that was usually about when the screaming started.
0: Yikes. Yeah.
1: Pretty That's sad. A scary dream. It's pretty sad. Yeah. So she talked like she just was remembering about that and she's still just driving home wondering like where to go. Like she's just like I don't know where to go or what to do. She wish she almost wishes she could feel numb again because she couldn't imagine, like, remember how she had managed, like, all the feelings before she, like, went into the numb state. Anyways, she didn't want to remember, like, any of it. Like, she was just, like, I just, I just don't want to do it. And then she remembers the words: "It will be as if I had never existed." The words ran through my head, lacking the perfect clarity of my hallucination last night. They were just words, soundless, like print on a page, just words. But they ripped the hole wide open. And I stomped on the brake knowing I should not drive while this incapacitated. So she just remembered those words that he said to her. It will be as if I'd never existed.
0: She, She's uh, she struggling.
1: Yeah, she's struggling really bad. I curled over, pressing my face to the steering wheel and trying to breathe without lungs. I wondered how long this could last, maybe someday years from now, if the pain would just decrease to the point where I could bear it. I would be able to look back on these few short months that would always be the best of my life. And if it were possible that the pain would ever soften enough to allow me to do that, I was sure that I would be grateful for as much time as he'd given me. More than I'd asked for, more than I would deserved. Maybe someday I'd be able to see it that way. But what if this hole never got any better? If the raw edges never healed? If the damage was permanent and irreversible? I held myself tighter, as if he'd never existed, I thought in despair, What a stupid and impossible promise to make. He could steal my pictures and reclaim his gifts, but that didn't put things back the way they'd been before I'd met him. The physical evidence was the most insignificant part of the equation. I was changed. My insides altered, almost past the point of recognition. Even my outsides looked different. My face sallow, my white except for the purple circles the nightmares left under my eyes my eyes were dark enough against my pallid skin that if i were beautiful and seen from a distance i might even pass for a vampire now but i was not beautiful and i probably looked closer to a zombie as if he'd ever as if he'd never existed that was insanity it was a promise that he could never keep a promise that was broken as soon as he'd made it i thumped my head against the steering wheel trying to distract myself from the sharper pain this chapter is like actually almost sadder to me than a lot of the other chapters now that I remember. Cause like, it's just so relatable. I feel like on some levels, like I feel like, well, if you've had your heart broken before, you, you know, kind of the feeling that she's feeling in the, not like maybe as deep as she's feeling like that her life will never be the same. Like for forever. But like, Just like not wanting to think about it, doing anything to distract yourself. And then when it comes around, it's just always replaying the same things over and over again. Yeah. And that's what she's doing. It made me feel silly for ever worrying about keeping my promise to him. Where was the logic in sticking to an agreement that had already been violated by the other party? Who cared if I was reckless and stupid? There was no reason to avoid recklessness. No reason why I shouldn't be stupid. I laughed humorlessly to myself, still gasping for air. Reckless in forks, now there was a hopeless proposition. The dark humor distracted me, and the distraction eased the pain. My breath came easier, and I was able to lean back against the seat. Although it was cold today, my forehead was damp with sweat. I concentrated on my hopeless proposition to keep from sliding back into the excruciating memories. To be reckless in forks would take a lot of creativity, maybe more than I had, but I wished I could find a way, some way... I might feel better if I weren't holding fast all alone to a a broken pact. If I were an oath breaker too. But how could I cheat on my side of the deal here in this harmless little town? That's what she means by cheater. Mm. Of course, Forks hadn't always been so harmless, but now it was exactly what it had always appeared to be. It was dull and it was safe. Um, So then she's, like, just kind of, like, staring out her windshield still on the side of the road. It's just, like, raining. And, okay, so she stares out her windshield and her engine, she, like, cuts her engine because it was groaning because it was idling for so long. And she goes outside and, like, it's raining still, obviously. Um, And she gets, like, all wet from doing that. And after a minute of, like, staring around, like, outside of her truck, she realizes, like, that she's parked in front of like a house of someone that she knows she said calls at the cheney's house um and that her truck was blocking their driveway and across the road from the marks Marxes. so she like knows where she is um she knew she needed to move her truck and go home but she was just like wandering a little bit and she was like i shouldn't be doing this and then as she took a deep breath to prepare to move her truck, she sees a sign in the yard across the street the marks this yard. It was just a big piece of cardboard leaning against their mailbox post with black letters scrawled in caps across it. Sometimes kismet happens. Coincidence? Or was it meant to be? I didn't know, but it seemed kind of silly to think that it was somehow faded, that the dilapidated motorcycle's rusting in the Marxist front yard beside the hand printed for sale as is sign were serving some higher purpose by existing there right where I needed them to be. So maybe it wasn't kismet. Maybe there were just all kinds of ways to be reckless and I had now only opened my eyes to them. Reckless and stupid. Those were Charlie's two favorite words to apply to motorcycles. Wait, what does
0: kismet mean?
1: Kismet? It means destiny or fate. What, I've
0: never heard that in my what life. What
1: chance did I stand against Kismet? I don't know. Yeah, Kismet. Kismet? Sometimes fate happens is what it, it means, basically. So huh. maybe it wasn't fate.
0: I thought Kismet was like someone's name or something when oh. you first said it, and I was like, wait, and then she kept going. I was like, wait, what is Kismet?
1: Um. So yeah, so she goes back and she says, reckless and stupid, those are Charlie's two favorite words to apply to motorcycles. Charlie's job didn't get a lot of action compared to cops in other bigger towns, but he did get called in on traffic accidents. With the long, wet stretches of freeway twisting and turning through the forest here, blind corner after blind corner, there was no shortage of that kind of action. But even with the huge log haulers barreling around the turns, mostly people walked away. The exceptions to that rule were often on motorcycles, and Charlie had seen one too many victims almost always kids smeared on the highway. He'd made me promise before I was 10 that I would never accept a ride on a motorcycle. Even at that age, I didn't have to think twice before promising. Who would want to ride a motorcycle here? It would be like taking a 60 mile per hour bath. So many promises I kept. They clicked together for me then. I wanted to be stupid and reckless, and I wanted to break promises. Why stop at one? That's as far as I thought it through. I sloshed through the rain to the marks's front door and rang the bell. One of the Marx boys opened the door, the younger one, the freshman. Couldn't remember his name. His sandy hair only came up to my shoulder. <laughs> he, had no troubling remember- he had no trouble remembering my name. Bella Swan? He asked in surprise. How much do you want for the bike? I panted, jerking my thumb over my shoulder toward the sales display. Are you serious, he demanded. Of course I am. Well, they don't work. I sighed impatiently. This was something I'd already inferred from the sign. How much? If you really want one, just take it. My mom made my dad move them down to the road so they could get picked up with the garbage. I glanced at the bikes again and saw that they were resting on a pile of other yard clippings and dead branches. Are you positive about that? Sure, want to ask her? It was probably better not to involve adults who might mention this to Charlie. No, I believe you. You want me to help you, he offered. They're not light. Okay, thanks. I only need one, though. Might as well take both, the boy said. Maybe you could scavenge some parts. So then he helps her, like, load the bikes into the back of her truck. And he's like, what are you going to do with them anyways? Like, they haven't worked in so long. And she was like, well, I kind of guessed, but maybe I'll take them to Dowlings. And he's like, well, that place is going to charge you more than they're worth to get running, basically. And she was like, well, she can't, like, argue with that. She's just, like, thinking, like, what the heck is she going to do? Um, And she thinks back to getting her truck, how she got her truck. And she's Billy. like, Billy. Billy. <laughs> and she notes that Jacob Black had kept it in great shape when it had belonged to his father, Billy. Inspir- inspiration hit like a bolt of lightning not unreasonable considering the storm. You know what? That's okay. I know someone who builds builds cards. Oh, that's good. He smiled in relief. He waved as I pulled away, still smiling. Nice kid. <laughs> yeah. Um she drove quickly and purposefully now, so she like was trying to get home before Charlie got there so that she could like obviously hide them. So like she calls him instead and she calls like the station and he's like what's wrong and she's like Well, can I just like call you at work without being an emergency? (laughs) And he was like, well, you haven't ever called me before. So is there an emergency? And she was just like, well, no, I just wanted the directions to the Black's place. I'm not sure that I can remember the way on my own. He hasn't been there in months. She says, I want to visit Jacob. I haven't seen him in months. When Charlie spoke again, his voice was much happier. That's a great idea, Bells. Do you have a pen? The directions he gave me were very simple. I assured him that I would be back for dinner, though he tried to tell me not to hurry. He wanted to join me in La Push, and I wasn't having that. Like, he wanted, she was like, I don't want him to meet me there. Right. Like, she was going to go home, and then she was like, I don't want him to meet me there either, because either way, like, I'm in trouble with getting these. Um, so, like, she decides to drive out to the Black's house. Um. And she was hoping that she would get Jacob alone. Like, she doesn't want Billy to say anything to Charlie either. And she's, like, worried. She's actually, like, worried when she's driving there about Billy seeing her because she, she thinks, like, he'll be super pleased that, you know, everything that has happened has happened. Right. Because, He'll like rub it in her face. Right. Of. And she's just like, please, like, not let, don't let me have that interaction today because I don't want that. Right. She drives up and it's vaguely familiar to her. Um, a small wooden place with narrow windows, the dull red paint making it resemble a tiny barn. Jacob's head peered out of the window before I could even get out of the truck. No doubt the familiar roar of the engine had tipped him off to my approach. Jacob had been very grateful when Charlie bought Billy's truck for me, saving Jacob from having to drive it when he came of age. I liked my truck very much, but Jacob seemed to consider the speed restrictions a shortcoming. He met me halfway to the be- to the house. Bella! His excited grin stretched wide across his face, the bright teeth standing in vivid contrast to the deep, russet color of his skin. I'd never seen his hair out of its usual ponytail before— it felt like black satin curtains on either side of his face. So it's describing that he has like really long hair. Right. Jacob had grown into some of his potential in the last eight months. He'd passed that point where the soft muscles of childhood hardened into solid, lanky build of a teenager. The tendons and veins had become prominent under the red, brown skin of his arms, his hands. His face was still sweet like I remembered it, though it had hardened too. The planes of his cheekbones sharper, his jaw squared off, all childish childish roundness gone. Hey, Jacob. I felt an unfamiliar surge of enthusiasm at his smile. I realized that I was pleased to see him. This knowledge surprised me. I smiled back, and something clicked silently into place, like two corresponding puzzle pieces. I'd forgotten how much I really liked Jacob Black. He stopped a few feet away from me, and I stared up at him in surprise, leaning ba- my head back through the though the rain pelted my face. You grew again, I accused in amazement. He laughed, his smile widening impossibly. Six-five, he announced with self-satisfaction. His voice was deeper, but it had the husky tone I remembered. Is it ever going to stop? I shook my head in disbelief. You're huge. Still a beanpole, though, he grimaced. Come inside. We're getting all wet. So like she's like holy crap he's gotten bigger, <laughs> taller. Bigger, taller, musclier. Bigger,
0: taller, musclier. The Veins of his face. <laughs> kind of, kind of a weird description, yeah. Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> a bit strange.
1: He led the way, twisting his hair in his big hands as he walked. He pulled a rubber band from his hip pocket, and wound it around the bundle. Hey, Dad! He called as he looked, ducked to get through the front door. Look who stopped by. Billy was in the tiny square living room, a book in his hands. He set the book in his lap and wheeled himself forward when he saw me. Well, what do you know? It's good to see you, Bella. We shook hands. Mine was lost in his wide grasp. What brings you out here? Everything okay with Charlie? Yes, absolutely. I just wanted to see Jacob. I haven't seen him in forever. Jacob's eyes brightened at my words. He was smiling so big, it looked like it would hurt his cheeks. Can you stay for dinner? Billy was eager. No, I've got to feed Charlie, you know. I'll call him now, Billy suggested. He's always invited. I laughed to hide my discomfort. It's not like you'll never see me again. I promise I'll be back again soon, so much you'll get sick of me. After all, if Jacob could fix the bike, someone would have to teach me how to ride it. Billy chuckled in response. Okay, maybe next time. So, Bella, what do you want to do? Jacob asked. Whatever. What were you doing before I interrupted? I was strangely comfortable here. It was very familiar, but only distantly. There were no painful reminders of the recent past. Jacob hesitated. I was just heading out to work on my car, but we can do something else. No, that's perfect, I interrupted. I'd love to see your car. So then they go around to the garage, and she's like, bye, Billy.
0: Yeah, Billy, don't tell, talk to me about Edward, right. please.
1: Um, and then they it talks a little bit about the garage and how it's like no more than like, a couple of sheds, like basically like put together, and the walls knocked out, so it's just like two, like that almost up- like
0: a pole barn.
1: Yeah, and then under it, she notices because like the shelter is like raised on cinder blocks, so it's like not enclosed. Right. Um, she notice. Oh, no, no, not the shelter, obviously. Sorry, that's stupid. The com- the automobile is on cinder blocks.
0: Right, okay, yeah. She
1: notices it looks like almost completed to her. Like, to her, it looks like a full car. And she notices that it's a Volkswagen, and he, she's like, what kind is it? And he's like, it's an uh, old Volkswagen Rabbit, 1986, a classic. And she asks, How's it, how is it going? So he explains that her his dad... Made good on his promise last spring. Do you remember that? Wait, what? I'll what? explain. Shows
0: dad did what?
1: Billy made a promise to Jacob. Remember to interfere with her at the prom.
0: Oh, I don't remember what he promised him, but I remember that now. Yeah.
1: He seemed to understand my reluct- my reluctance to open the subject. I tried not to remember last May at the prom. Jacob had been bribed by his father with money and car parts to deliver a message there. Billy wanted me to stay a safe distance from the most important person in my life. It turned out that his concern was, in the end, unnecessary. I was all too safe now. But I was going to see what I could do to change that. Jacob, what do you know about motorcycles, I asked. He shrugged. Some. My friend Embry has a dirt bike. We work on it together sometimes. Why? Well, I pursed my lips as I considered. I wasn't sure if he would keep his mouth shut, but I didn't have many other options. I recently acquired a couple bikes, and they're not in the greatest condition. I wonder if you could get them running. Cool, he seemed truly pleased by the challenge. His face glowed. I'll give it a try. I held up one finger in warning. The thing is, I explained, Charlie doesn't approve of motorcycles. Honestly, he'd probably bust a vein in his forehead if he already knew about this. So you can't tell Billy. Sure, sure, Jacob smiled. I understand. I'll pay you, I continued. This offended him. No, I want to help. You can't pay me. Well, how about a trade then? I was making this up as I went, but it seemed reasonable enough. I only need one bike, and I'll need lessons too. So how about this? I'll give you the other bike, and then you can teach me. Sweet, he made the word into two syllables. Wait a sec, are you legal yet? When's your birthday? Huh? <laughs> what? No, he, legal? She, she meant to drive.
0: Uh-huh, sure, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> you
1: missed it, he teased, narrowing his eyes in mock resentment. I'm 16. Not that your age ever stopped you before driving. Sorry about your birthday. Don't worry about it. I missed yours. What are you, 40? I sniffed close. We'll have a joint party to make up for it. Sounds like a date. His eyes sparkled at the word. I needed to rein in the enthusiasm before I gave him the wrong idea. It was just that it had been a long time since I'd felt so light and buoyant. buoyant. I can't say that word. Buoyant. The rarity of the feeling made it more difficult to manage. Maybe when the bikes are finished, our presents to ourselves, I added, like, as the joint party for the joint party deal. When will you bring them down? I bit my lip embarrassed. They're in my truck right now. I admitted great. He seemed to mean it. Will Billy see if we bring them around. He winked at me. We'll be sneaky. We eased around from the East sneaky, sticking to the trees. when we were in view of the windows, effecting a casual looking stroll. Just in case he unloaded the bike swiftly from the truck bed, wheeling them one by one into the shrubbery where I hid. It looked too easy for him. I'd remembered the bikes being much, much heavier than that. So Jake, they unloaded the bikes, and he looks at them, and he's like, These aren't half bad. This one here will actually be worth something when I'm done. It's an old Harley Sprint. That one's yours, then. Are you sure? Absolutely. They're going to take some cash, though, he said, frowning down at the blackened metal. We'll have to save up for parts first. We nothing, I disagreed. If you're doing this for free, I'll pay for the parts. I don't know, he muttered. I've got some money saved. College fund, you know. College schmollage. I thought to myself. It wasn't like I'd saved up enough to go anywhere special. And besides, I had no desire to leave forks anyways. What difference would I make if I skimmed a little bit off the top? Jacob just nodded. This all made perfect sense to him. As we skulked back to the makeshift garage, I contemplated my luck. Only a teenage boy would agree to this, deceiving both our parents while repairing dangerous vehicles using money meant for my college education. He didn't see anything wrong with that picture. Jacob was a gift from the gods. And that's the end of the chapter.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so they're setting up one of the things I knew about in Twilight before starting this, the relationship between Jacob and Bella we're setting it up and she's like i would
1: call it a friendship but we'll see i don't know
0: she's beginning she's pretty flirty to start off if it's just a friendship that's true and she knows like she knows she's manipulating him but i think what happens is it turns into more than that like she obviously likes the kid
1: i think right now i kind of understand like what she's describing is like he it's the first time where she's felt like happy and not thinking about something from the past oh, with sure. someone new so it's like so easy to feel so fine
0: yeah no for sure I agree uh, but it is like you know when she says stuff like it's a date and then watches his reaction and she's like excited about his reaction It's kind of like okay well,
1: easy. Like, I don't know if it would say that she's excited she just like notices that she shouldn't have said something like that
0: right okay well Tara thank you uh everybody for listening
1: Yes, thank to you. Coach
0: by Tara. Next next week we'll do chapter six. Yes. And um, yeah, thank thank you everybody thank for, you listening for listening and watching. And uh, Tara, thank you for coaching me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed your uh, CBT. CBT.
1: Bye. Bye.